0: Hey guys, this is your People of Purpose podcast host, Tanner Badgley. Do you want to get a short email from me? Would you find value in receiving a very short email every other weekend that personalizes your path of purpose? The POP newsletter, because people of purpose, is a very short email where I share with you the most interesting things I've recently discovered, have been thinking about, or implementing into my life each week to more personally and purposefully pursue my purpose. It will include a short update on how my podcast is helping me grow into my purpose, a quote that's been on my mind from a purposeful resource such as a podcast, book, video, or mentor, as well as a nugget of advice from my experience on how to better align and optimize your life for your purpose. And finally, I'll try to share inspiration with you on how one of our listeners is benefiting from people of purpose. So please take a small step of action right now by sending a quick email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com. You don't even need to write a message, just include in the subject header, People of Purpose Newsletter, and you'll receive the very next one. Here's to becoming People of Purpose.
2: It's not the problem, it's the energetic channel I'm on when I'm looking at it. I think my biggest secret in all of my coaching is that I can be a 10 regardless of the conditions. You've got to feel good regardless of your conditions, and then your conditions will change. feels like a game to me sometimes, you know? I could learn to play the game in the right way, and life is exciting. You have to have a set of principles that you fall back on. So this is a clear foundation.
0: I had such a great interview with Jill Payne. She's super motivational to me because she's like really living out her purpose, but that's not enough. She's got to help others define their purpose. And I think that's really at the core of what I think of Purpose is going to become more and more about. I really appreciate how she has spread herself from being a teacher to living in Costa Rica, like she says, like just living on pennies, to slowly building up this business that now has become like a very big thing. I really love her sense of authenticity and how she just like really trusts that things are going to work out when you put your best foot forward, your best energy forward. She really lives her life at a 10 and I can say from our interview, I probably entered the interview like around a 5 and I definitely left it around like a 9 or a 10. Um, so she has a tremendous effect on people, and I think that you'll recognize that in this podcast interview. I just want to warn you that, like, the last 20 minutes seems very conversational between me and her, which is a little different than previous podcasts. For me, that's because I really want people of purpose to shift more into this whole, like physical community actually helping people through um, people helping people rather than just listening to the podcast and so I apologize if it's too much and you can definitely go ahead and skip that part if you just want to cut it short 20 minutes Um, but I'm going to leave it because I do think that there's a lot of rich information in there that you may find um, enjoyable or beneficial or relatable so thank you for listening and I really hope you enjoyed this interview with Jill Payne. Hello, Jill. How are you?
2: Good. How are you? Happy Sunday.
0: Yes, happy Sunday to you. Thank you for waking up early with me and getting to talk about life coaching and all these topics that are very fascinating to me.
2: Yes, for sure. I'm excited.
0: So you have developed your own curriculum for life coaching. You've worked. You work with uh, people on a three month basis um, through your curriculum, um, and I want to know kind of what is that core philosophy that you um, you work with your clients through and what makes your, um, what's your unique point of philosophy?
2: Sweet. So I would say my number one focus, the thing that I am like, you know, trying to always come back to is the basic principles of energy management. So that's my specialty. Everything comes back to energy management. So the idea is that I believe you can live at a 10 out of a 10, which I call being a dime. So I'm trying to get this hashtag trending, hashtag diming.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, so
2: it's got it. We got to put that out everywhere. OK, so when I'm a 10, I'm a dime. So I'm hashtag diming. OK, so a 10 is like that, that beautiful state where you're creative, you're inspired, you're happy, you're you're actually engaged in what you're doing, like super present. You know, I think that's one of the things that causes a lot of anxiety in the world right now is we're engaged at the level of a five in what we're doing. So we've got all this extra energy to like ruminate and doubt ourselves in these side conversations. If we could be fully present, that would be a a lot more quiet in our head, right? So a 10 is beautiful state, which is joyful, empowered, inspired, creative, all of that stuff, right? So Mm -hmm. picture someone who's in that state, then on the opposite side, a zero. So everything is on a scale of 10. And a zero is a suffering state. So that's anxious, overwhelmed, fearful, angry, sad, all of those emotions, right? Suffering state. Mm -hmm. So what I notice is when I think about someone who lives in a beautiful state, joyful, inspired, happy, the one thing I think every single one of those people has in common is that they have physical energy. So they wake up in the morning with like energetic capacity in their body to do the things they need to do. Right? Very rarely do I see someone who's in a beautiful state who is actually exhausted all the time. Right? You might have moments, but like in, in general, they're going to be higher physical energy. Right. Right? Then on the flip side, I think those suffering emotions are low energy emotions. So it's like it, if my energy goes lower, I'm more likely to feel anxious and overwhelmed because I don't have the capacity to handle anything that's coming. Right, So then this is the big innovative part of my coaching. So instead of trying to figure out how do I manage my emotions all the time, it's I know that when I have high physical energy, I live in a better mental state and and a better mood, right? So then if my energy determines my mood, if I can learn to manage my energy, I can learn to manage my mood, right? And if I can manage my state and my mood and my mental mental capacity, then I'm going to totally you know, create my experience. Right. Right. So then the idea is that we're just, I feel like as a society, we're so focused on how do I get happy? How do I get happy? But instead I want to say, how do I manage my energy so that I'm on the channel of happiness? You know, so I can teach people how to manage their energy. It's hard to manage your emotions, but I could teach people to manage their energy, which will determine their emotions.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I'm hearing that if your physical energy is, Is resonating or or like has a lot of vitality, then you'll be able to regulate your emotions and put yourself in a better position to um, find joy, peace, happiness. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And and
2: for me, the the way that we create and cultivate physical energy in the body is there's three things. So these are my three key components all the time: body, what you do with your body, what you choose to focus on, and the dialogue you use with yourself. And so that stands for. Be a freaking dime. So that's say, how you remember.
0: Say that again, the acronym?
2: Be a freaking dime.
0: And what does the B-A-F-D stand for?
2: B-F-D. So it's body focused dialogue.
0: Body focused dialogue. Yeah. So that's
2: the main thing is that I'm, I'm teaching my clients how to manage their energy. And then we're looking at the specifics of what's happening in their life and how that applies to them in their specific situations in their life. Right. But I really think like managing your energy is the answer to anything. You know, you're going through change in your life. What do you do? Well, having more energetic capacity is going to help you. You know, you want to connect better with the people around you. More energetic capacity is going to help. You want to do well in your job. You want to, you know, get your health back on track. You need energy to do that.
0: So why do you choose the word manage? Like, what does that word mean in this context to manage your energy? It's not like cultivate or manifest or...
2: Well, I feel like it's the way I would say is that our energy is going to kind of go up and down, and you know, like we're human beings, so we're going to experience a range of emotions, right? So, you're not going to like, yes, you're creating your energy, but I think it's kind of like the idea of manage for me is like having awareness when it's not down and knowing what you need to bring it back up, and you know, so it's kind of this manage seems more like a process, Mm
3: -hmm. right? So,
2: it's not like I'm going to oh, my energy is created and now it's there and it will be there forever. I'm going to, it's a constant process. I'm going to have to continue to manage it, you know?
0: Right. Does that makes sense? I get it. So yeah, you can't quite like be in control of your energy, but you can manage it in a way. So if it's low, you know how, you know how to respond when it's low. when it's high, you know how to respond when it's high.
2: Yeah. And the idea is that I think that, we all need to experience a range of emotions. So you're going to experience suffering emotions, but the idea is that those suffering emotions have messages. And once we get the message, we can move from it. Right. But that idea that as soon as we feel suffering emotions, normally we're, we talk to our friends about it in detail and we want to, you know, complain about it and get the wine and get the terrible food and let's, you know, make this a bigger deal than it is. Right. But I want to know that, you know, I'm going to go through a range of emotions. And as soon as I start to feel the suffering, I need to say, okay, it's not the problem. It's the energetic channel I'm on when I'm looking at it. Oh. Right. It just is like awareness that I need to be managing that. Right. So my example for that always is, you know, let's say Tanner, you get fired from your job. Right. And uh, you're in like a, a channel too. Okay. You know, what do you think your response is going to be? <clears throat>
0: I may say something really bad to the person who fired me. I may have a lot of self doubt. I may come home and like binge on junk food. I maybe don't want to open up to my friends and family about what happened, so I might tell some half truths or something exactly. like that. Cause a lot yeah, more. So suffering.
2: I always say, yeah, below a five, I call that like victimhood. You know, mm-hmm. so you get fired, and and you've you've been managing your energy, and you are managed it at like a level two. Well, those are the emotions that are just available to you on that physical energy channel, right? That's, that's all you have available is those emotions. Mm-hmm. Right? So then the idea is that if I get fired and I'm on a channel 10, what's my response?
0: That this is like the right step in my path That this is pushing me forward, that I have a lot to learn from this failure.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You're probably like, well, I didn't like this job. Anyways, I'm going to start my own business. You know, I'm going to take the package, take some friends on a trip. Like, this is exciting, right? So above a five is like opportunity, right? And below a five is problems. And usually you're pointing your finger at other people about it, right? It's their fault that I got fired, (laughs) right? And so I'm saying this is the exact same situation, but it looks different from a different channel. Right. Right. So the idea is that if you're ever worked up about anything, you're feeling negative emotion about something. It's not the situation. It's not the conditions right? It's the channel that you're on. So you you just need to know anytime you feel suffering emotion, you need to manage your energy. Once I'm on a higher channel, it will look totally different.
0: And how do you get people to recognize that? Because sometimes the emotion is overpowers that rationale of like, I need to manage my energy. That's how we learn. (laughs) I think
2: because you know, if you're on a two and you don't manage it and you do go into more detail, you know, that's fine too, you know, but it's going to get worse. You know, and I I think that, you know, I always say this too. This is kind of an interesting philosophy, but, you know, I always say that fives bother me more than zeros, you know, because a five is like, you're totally asleep. You know, you're basically like, I have no control over anything that's happening. So being a five is more annoying than being a 10 or being a zero because being a five, I call it the emotion you're on when you're a five is what I call hopeful. Right. Right. So it's whatever you're, you're a five about, it's not terrible, but it's not great either. Right. You know, so you could stay there for years. Like I have people who are in five marriages. So it's never like terrible enough to make any changes, but it's not great either. So it's like, they kind of fluctuate from like a little frustrated to a little optimistic, you know, but most of the time they're hopeful. Like, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty good. Let's see. You know, and it's that idea that, like, I have no control over my whole life. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty good. Let's see how it goes. And maybe it'll get better. And it's just really wishy-washy, right? So Mm. when you say, like, that moment where you don't manage your energy and you slide down even further, I'm almost happy about that. Because from a zero, you can't stay there forever. Right. So from a zero, you actually have to make changes. Right? So I say myself personally, I feel like I live at 10 and zero. I'm like, woo, diamond, 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 or like, bang, right? And that's not
0: bipolar?
2: (laughs) Could be, but I feel like it also creates a lot of change. And I would say the majority of the time, I'm pretty much on a high channel, right? But I have moments of like low, but low enough to actually make some change. And then it goes even higher.
0: Huh. So what is like a specific way that you're experiencing life at a 10? What does that feel like to you?
2: Well, I feel like in general, the idea is that, 10 is a feeling, right? So, I think my biggest secret in all of my coaching is that I can be a 10 regardless of the conditions, right? So, a lot of times people are like, When these conditions all line up, then I'll feel this emotion, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to feel this emotion until I get this stuff lined up. Got to get this new job, I got to get married, I got to get more money, I need a new house, I need a six pack, and then I'm going to feel this exciting emotion, you know? And yeah. this idea of being a 10 is a feeling that I can have anytime I want. Right. Right? Regardless of any condition. The other day I had a root canal and I'm sitting in the dentist chair thinking, can I be a dime now? You know, I do this stuff with my brain all the time. The, a couple of months ago, I ran a marathon like completely untrained because I wanted to see if I could enjoy it in my brain. Do you know what I mean? Like if I could mentally be strong enough to actually enjoy it. You know because mm-hmm. physically the conditions were not great yeah like halfway through this marathon I'm thinking my body is like wow but can I still be happy can I still choose that better channel can I still manage my energy to feel good despite my conditions And how did it go it was great you know and, and it's the same like if I think you know when I get this job then I'll feel this emotion right if I could just feel that emotion, then I would probably be more likely to get the job. And I wouldn't care if I got the job because I already feel the emotion.
0: It's like a reverse psychology thing. Like exactly.
2: You, and this the emotion is the, first. And that's what I think it's the biggest secret. You've got to feel good regardless of your conditions, and then your conditions will change. Huh. So it's not like I, I have to. That, that's what I would think. It's not like I have to do this certain activity to feel like I'm a 10. I can feel like I'm a 10 right now. I can manage what I do with my body, my, my focus, my dialogue right now in this moment. You know, I could even imagine I have the things I want and I feel good.
0: And it doesn't feel like fake or inauthentic. It doesn't feel like you're abstracting reality.
2: Uh, I would say, well, not necessarily. Right. Um, I think that there's a big jump. I always, in my philosophy, I call it being a 10 is detailed positive right? Being a seven is generally positive. Being a five is neutral. Being a three is generally negative. And a zero is detailed negative, right? So oh, there's man. some, some instances where if I'm truly at a zero, and I pretend to be at a 10, you know, say I'm having like financial problems, and I'm feeling like, wow, there's a lot of bills, and I'm, I'm not very, you know, abundant, ah, you know, I can't right. say, oh, I'm rich, imagine I'm rich, you know, because that is such a giant jump. Right. So it's like from a zero to a 10 is such a giant jump, right? I can go detailed negative on that finance stuff and then right away switch it to detailed positive is like, you know, it's too much of a jump. You're not going to believe it. And that that's faking it. Mm -hmm. Right. But if I could even I always say I want to take you from a detailed negative place to like a generally negative place. (laughs) And then you'll go to neutral. It sounds funny, but it works, right? So instead of saying, oh my God, money is tight. This is hard and this is hard and this is difficult and I need this amount for this. I'm just gonna say, money's not great right now, period. Right, and that's gonna get me to generally negative, which is less heated, right? And then, and this is what I'm talking about in terms of management, right? It's like having awareness of where I can go energetically. Yeah, I believe that money is not great right now. And then neutral might be like not saying anything or money's okay. You know, my favorite thing to get me from below the line to above the line from like generally negative to generally positive is I know this is happening for a reason. Right. And that just, oh. and then I say the next one would be to get me even to more generally positive would be, you know, I know a solution is coming.
3: Oh. Right. So now
2: I'm, right. So now I'm a little more optimistic, right. And then, you know, generally positive would be like, well, I know I've been in this position before and it got better, Mm -hmm. you know, and then eventually I can say, I have what I need for today, you know, and and you work yourself up, right? So I think there is this level, you're going to fake it if you really don't believe it.
0: Right.
2: You know, so maybe getting up in the morning and imagining you have everything that you ever wanted is going to feel fake to you because you've been living on such a low channel. Right. But for me, I'm like on a constant like nine and a half. So for me to imagine that it doesn't feel like faking. It feels like I'm energetically ready for it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So before, you can feel when you're faking though, you know what I mean? Like everybody can feel that when they're faking.
0: Right. So before so, you um developed this philosophy, um, what were you living at? And were you what spurred about this um deep intention to be at a dime state constantly and then also lead others to their dime states
2: well I always say that I I feel like I can connect better with my clients because I didn't create all this from being a 10 all the time you know so I feel like like I said my life was like pretty much like some low moments and then pretty high 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 and some low and I noticed that I was already kind of doing this stuff without putting words to it so there's been lots of times in my life where I've realize I've created things based on my thoughts, but I didn't even know I was doing it.
3: Right.
2: Right. So it was kind of like I was always living on a a pretty high channel with some moments of low so I could understand. Now I think that when, when I have a low moment, I'm like, Oh, this is going to help in my coaching. You know, (laughs) like I'm going to get more clear about this experience and be able to help other people. So it's not as triggering as it used to be, you know, like my desire to get out of those low moments was so intense that I, I created ways to explain it. For my own brain, but yeah. also for other people,
0: yeah, you have a very optimistic spin on um, loss or tragedy or something that's going to like bring you down to the zero,
2: exactly because I feel like life is meant to be joyful, you know we weren't sent here to get shit done. we were here to to be joyful and to inspire others and to shine bright, and that's really what I believe so
0: when, when did you believe that? What made you believe that
2: mm I would say that it was probably about 10 years ago and I was about to, this is actually a good story. So I was about to tell a friend like this relationship drama. And I was like, do you want to hear this one? And she was kind of like, uh, is it a story you like? And I was like, no, she was <laughs> like, well, um, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. And I was like, this, this is rude
1: <laughs>
2: in here. So she said, you know, I love you too much to let you go there. I was like, wow. Okay. So she like totally cut me off and like, In the moment, I thought, wow, she's not listening to me, you know? Right. But, like, that moment sent me into so much learning. Like, that idea that literally we focus on the negative, it creates more negative. Like, I think in that time in my life, I started listening and learning and realizing that, like, we are creating everything with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts are creating our frequency. Our frequency is creating what is drawn to us, you know? So, just literally understanding that, you know, everything was in, in my control and, and I could learn, it feels like a game to me sometimes, you know, I could learn to play the game in the right way. And life is exciting, you know? So I think I started to get in that time in my life, I started to get results so quickly that it was so exciting that I was like, there was no way I was going to go back to this regular, let me tell everyone my sad stories and walk around trying to get attention and point fingers at other people. You know, it was just like,
0: was there just like evidence all the time of, of your successes at this point? Like you're like, I yeah, make this move in the game, and all of a sudden the game gives me this external like yes. indication. So I remember, this, is uh,
2: this friend, she told me that. And then we started to listen to these. At the time we were listening to Abraham Hicks, which is uh, something I would really suggest. Like if any of your listeners, you know hear this they they need to look up Abraham Hicks on YouTube so my friend and I we were like deconstructing every area of our life with these videos and these principles and at one point we were walking her little pug Teddy she lived in like these environmentally brand new constructed like all glass modern apartments overlooking the water right we're walking beside them with her little pug Teddy And we walk past this building, you know, a couple of buildings away from her. And I look up at it and I'm like, I'm going to live here one day. And I remember the moment we were both like, huh. And we kept walking and literally Tanner, the next day I go to yoga and this lady is like, Hey, I hear you're looking for an apartment. We're going to Paris for the year. And we have a, an apartment in that exact building. We're looking for someone to sublet it for the year. I was like, okay you know like it's it was like things like that were happening all the time so huh. i lived in that building next to my friend and we just continued to learn and and study this stuff like constantly for like two years
0: and abraham hicks was the biggest influence to you
2: yes Huh. yeah yeah so, so it was those kind of results like just little things like that were happening constantly so it was just That's what I find. I I was also a personal trainer and like physically it's going to take a while to get results on your physical body. But this stuff, you could have some sort of exciting kind of like miracle if you want to call it by like this afternoon. By just changing the way you're thinking, you know, and we think we've got to effort so hard to get all these things. It's like you don't have to struggle to get the things you want. Just change your brain. Change the way you think about them.
0: Right. So does that mean like you accept spontaneity a little bit more? Like, how do you manage expectations? Because I feel like oftentimes in the Western culture, we have like, well, if I change my brain, I'm going to get X, Y, and Z. And if you don't get X, Y, and Z, then you can use well, a state.
2: I think if I change my brain, I'm going to feel this. Yeah. That's what I would say. Not I'm going to get this, I'm going to feel this.
0: So the feeling is what you're actually
3: asking. The
2: feeling has to come first. Like, all of the goals have to be around your feelings. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the goals, anything that you want, you think you'll have relief in, in getting it. Right? Anything that you want, you think, oh, when I get this, then I'll feel some sort of relief. Right? So feel right. the relief. Focus on the relief. Focus on the feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not the stuff you want. It's the feeling you think you'll get when you get the stuff.
0: And what does that look like to feel like? Is that a meditation exercise where you kind of just like remove yourself for a little bit right. and you just cultivate that feeling?
2: If, like, Tanner, if, or listeners, if you were 10 right now, how would you sit?
0: Um, Yeah, with the posture high.
2: And you probably smile a little bit, you like lean in, you know, like, and it's as simple as that, you know, so like, okay, what's something you want, you know, say you want a a load of money, you know, how would you feel if you were so powerful and so free and abundant, you know, you can kind of embody that in your body now.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's
2: about practicing the feeling. You know, there's another guy I really love. He was really good. Dr. Joe Dispenza. Have you heard of him? No. Oh, you can. This is gonna. This is gonna be game changer for you. So he talks all about how, basically, our our personal reality creates our personality.
0: Mhm. You personal
2: know. So reality if you,
0: creates personality, huh? I like that.
2: Right. So if you want to change your personal reality, you know, sometimes you need to change your personality. What is the personality of someone who who lives the life that you want? right and can you embody that because there's so many times we're trying to use matter to move matter you know and there's like something physically in your body like in your conscience and your awareness that you need to change to get those things that you want right
0: so let's say i want to be more generous but i'm in a generally negative state with no money how do i be more? this
2: is great so so the feeling of generous how could you practice the feeling of being generous yeah. I have a lot of things to say about the money thing
0: um, so I generous that...
2: what else could you give that's not that's not money?
0: right, right, yeah, services,
2: right. So maybe you don't have money, but you got time. you know, maybe right. you don't have money, but you have talent. maybe you don't have money, but you have attention to give. you know you have you have I even think generous is like, well, go be a bright light, just walk out of your house happy, smile at the people you walk by. Oh yeah, well, I definitely agree generous, with that. right. Very you're generous, you know, and I think that's the idea that eventually then you'll be able to, it's more, what is the feeling of generosity? It's, you want to share, you want to give, you know, so it's not necessarily, it has to be associated with money.
0: But at what point do you, um, do you question if the lifestyle you're living is, is part of putting you in, in like a three or five state because you're in a job you don't like, you're in a relationship that doesn't work. Um, like, well, I
2: feel like, yeah, that's definitely, I mean, you need to change some things, you know, but also I always think too. even saying if I wasn't in this job, I would be a 10. Like that's faulty premise. You know, so it's kind of like it, Okay, so here's an example. If I was working with a client who was in a shitty job, they didn't like, you know, if they really didn't like their job, what I would say is, well, write down your, your current job is showing you contrast, it's showing you what you don't want. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's great information because now you know what you do want. Right. Right? So it's nothing to like resist. So this, this terrible job that you don't like is making you very clear about what you do want. Right. So then I would write that down. If someone hates their job, I would say, write down what's the ideal job and what does it feel like? Right. And then I would even write, what are the parts of their job that they do like now? You know, and then because basically we got to find a way if you could learn to enjoy the job you have. Then the job you want would find you. You know, so your frequency in that job that you don't like will be so high that you would attract a job that would be much more fun, right? So I have a story about that. I had a client once who, she was an accountant and she she didn't like her job, and her whole thing was like, I got to start my own business. You know, I got to go out on my own and have my own little accounting firm. So this was like her dream, right? right? Exciting, great. I'm like down, right? So what was interesting is when she talks about that job that she hates. Right. She's like, it's so stressful. It's so busy. I never have enough time. I feel like I'm not doing it right. Right. So this is her dialogue about her current job. Right. Right. So then she starts to side hustle and she has to do like 10 clients on the weekends. Right. She's building up her clientele until she has enough to go on her own. But then when she talks about those clients she sees on the weekend, what do you think she says about them?
0: Does she enjoy her side hustle or not?
2: It's the same. It's stressful. It's busy. I I feel like I'm not doing it right. I never have enough time. Right. So this is the big thing is like we think, and this would be the thing that I would want to get clear. So clear is that we think that if I change my job, I'll feel better, but Mm -hmm. you're going to take yourself with you, you know? So this lady, for example, my client, she doesn't need to change her job. She needs to change her dialogue.
0: Right. Definitely.
2: Right. So again, it's not the conditions that need to change. It's it's the way that she's thinking about the conditions. Right. So if you're in a job you hate or a relationship you hate, well, learn to love it. And then you can decide to move from there, you know, because I think also that idea, like I have to leave this job because what's going to happen? And I'll tell you for sure what's going to happen. You leave a job you don't like and you don't deal with the stuff there. You're going to get another job that's exactly the same. Right. Because that's the frequency that you were on. Right. right and if you change your frequency some stuff happens when you change your frequency then like the, the job that matches you will be drawn to you right or the parts of your job that match you will be drawn to you
0: i really like that concept yeah that's i think uh tony robbins is a big influence on me and he talks about that like you prime yourself to be in a state that is vi like vibrant with frequency and then- right you attract those things that you want to attract. And, um, yeah, and you're ready for you're them on, to receive them.
2: Yeah, and even when you're on that frequency, it doesn't even matter if you receive them because you already feel good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Right.
2: So instead of saying, "I have to leave this job to feel good," well, that that's not that's not very fun. Right. I right. I have to feel good, and then I'll be able to leave this job.
0: So you used to be a teacher um how did you go about making that switch from teaching to life coaching was it well I
2: feel like when I look back on it now Tanner it's been like very uh I don't want to say seamless but like I've had like a a very interesting trajectory so the story is I was a, a teacher at a a fancy private school in Canada and I was like 22 years old you know and uh, it was very high-pressure job. You know, people are spending a lot of money. They want everything done correctly, you know. And I loved working with the kids. I loved presenting, but I didn't love that backside of, like, you got to have all this, you know, curriculum outlines and PLOs and marking. And so all of that kind of work was not my favorite. There's a lot of teachers that love to be organized, and that's, like, the favorite part is to organize the back end of things. But that wasn't my scene, you know. So I was telling you earlier that, every Sunday night, I would get this like heaviness of like, Oh, my God, Mm -hmm. I got to go to work tomorrow, you know. And eventually, I was just like that, that feeling moved me into something else, you know. So I started to imagine what's my ideal, what's this, what's that. And what happened was I decided to do a master's. At the time, I remember thinking, you know, I was probably on a lower channel. And in my lower channel thinking, I was like, you know, it'll be better. I'll work in the government and do health promotion, you know, so I did this, this wellness degree on workplace wellness. And then as soon as I graduated that, I moved to Costa Rica. And I was uh, the director of a little private school on the beach. And I started this soccer program for the community. I was working my tail off, but it was, it was fun. But what happened there? So you see seamless, right? So I'm teaching and then I'm teaching in this exotic location, amazing surfing every morning, living the dream, making like pennies, you know, and then there (laughs) there was this little, there was this little kind of rancho space on the property of the school and that, that became my gym. So I decided to do like one little workout class. And this is what I mean. It's like these little moments changed my whole trajectory. Like I was like, I had the impulse to to do a little workout class and it wasn't to like become a big trainer. And, you know, it was because I wanted to work out myself and I thought my friends would come and it would be fun. Right. So initially I started with one circuit class a week right? And then the demand for it, I moved from one class to four classes. And then I started to train people privately. And then I had to cut back on my hours at the school. And then this is the kind of defining moment too. one morning, I woke up and I realized, I'm not planning lesson plans for school, I'm planning workouts for the gym. You know, so if I think about where my energy is, and where my passion is, it's, it's aligned with the gym, right? So then I I finally built up enough like, okay, I just want to do the gym 100%. So I I said that to my boss at the time, and he was totally supportive. And then things started to get bigger from there, right. So it was I think in terms of how did I do it, it was like continuing to follow my impulses and my passion and my energy, and never settling for something that I didn't like, you know, but always looking at like, what would I like, what would I like, instead of, you know, if I sat around just telling everyone how much I hated teaching, I never would have, found something better
1: right. you know if
2: I stayed around in the detailed negative all day thinking we're going to get to the bottom of this thing I hate I would never have done it right so it has to be this this constantly looking towards the future self that I do want and the ideal situation instead of staying in those negative kind of circles so then yeah from there I had this gym I was doing all these fun classes and I, that was like some of the most creative lit up time in my life like just moving my body with my friends, creating fun workouts, like, and everything started to roll from, that's the thing, I started to so much enjoy what I was doing that like, the things that were created in that time, they, they, they changed to everything, you know, and it was just from that pure enjoyment. And that's the time I started to look at this dime stuff. I was like, why am I feeling so good? What is happening right now? Why is all this stuff coming to me? So I started to really look at how do I explain that? you know, and also what was happening to the people in my workout classes, you know, what were some of them would leave on such a higher channel, what happened in that hour? Yeah. You know, so that's when I started to figure out what we were doing with our body, what we were focusing on in there, what we were saying to ourselves that allowed them to change their emotions.
0: Huh. And then you've been able to turn this into a business that has like corporate People. Oh yeah.
1: Like how I does that, that really part happen? Of the story. you're making
0: pennies on in the beach in Costa Rica, teaching yeah. just <laughs> local people there. And now you're teaching like mega companies in the U S like that doesn't yeah, seem
2: so, switch. So then I started to get some fancier clients, you know, some celebrity type clients in Costa Rica. But again, I think it was a frequency thing. You know, I'm on a high channel, attracting high channel clients. Were you
0: around. advertising or just being yourself and your No. Company?
2: And I would say this is the biggest thing that my entire business runs off word of mouth you know, so I'm not going to focus on advertising, I'm going to focus on giving the people I have the best experience possible. And I know that they're going to run around and tell their friends about it. Right. right. So I'm not creating satisfied customers. I'm creating raving fans.
0: Mm, I like that.
2: You know, I think that's a Tony thing that he says. But so I was I was training some kind of more high profile people. And then I started to get a little bit of press about it. And then a company called me and wanted me to travel with them and speak at companies and at the time
0: <laughs> being a yeah. speaker that's different than being an exercise well, I was, coach. At,
2: the, at the very beginning i was just speaking about the physical side. i was just doing like little circuits people could do at their desk uh-huh. but it was when i started to do that that i was like this is a scene that i like you know and i was a little bit nervous the first time i spoke was at pepsi in chicago i remember i was a little bit nervous but as soon as i got on there everything changed I was like wow this is it you know so I've had a couple moments in my life where I like look up to the sky afterwards and I'm like more of that please (laughs) you know and I realized that that was something I wanted to do so after I did a couple years of just doing the physical side I kind of created my own stuff to talk about my own philosophies and then I was teaching was traveling around North America teaching the physical workshop so it would be like I would teach 40 minutes of the principles and then 40 minutes of the workout. Mm -hmm. And, and that was kind of the, the original format. Right. And then from there, what happened, it's, that's what I mean, this has been the effortless flow is that people would come up to me after and they'd be like, Jill, we got to sit down. We got to sit down. I got to talk to you. I got to, I got to explain what's happening in my life. I need you to like, show me how this works in my specific situation. And I remember at the time I was a bit resistant. I was like, I don't know, you know. Like,
0: yeah, that's overwhelming to like solve people's problems for them it's like an individual. Just the
2: workshop, you'll get it, you know, and I'm not sitting down with anyone. So at one point I said, you know what? I'll do it, but we have to be walking, right? So I said, I'll, I'll coach you one-on-one, but we have to be walking. So I'll walk and you'll walk. And now I do it either on the phone or in person, but we're always walking. Because I refuse to sit down all day, you know. Steve
0: Jobs does that, did that too with meetings. I remember reading his biography. Huh. W- walking meetings, walking interviews, stuff like that.
2: I think I had heard a, a friend that was going to like a, a therapist in in LA, and they would actually go for runs, right? And that, so that was kind of my thought of like, hmm, because people are a little more open, and part of energy management for me is like the you know, walking and using your body and swinging your arms and breathing and being outside, you know, so knowing they're already going to be on a higher channel by actually walking, right? So I started that uh, probably almost three years ago now. And I was just walking with like, in the beginning, I, I gave them quite a deal. And I had like eight clients a day. You know, I was just walking with like eight people, eight hours a day just walking, but it was so cool. Because what it did was, it allowed me to further expand my principles because I got to see how it worked on every single situation.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And at this point you're like recognize that you're worth more than pennies too. Like you started to develop. Well, from
2: there, sort of yeah, so then basically quite quickly it like doubled in price. And then, you know, so now it's and what uh, made
0: you decide to do that? Like, I guess I kind of struggle with that idea right now is like, if you're wanting to help people do things, like how do you decide what your time and energy is worth to help them?
2: well, you have to feel that you're worth that. Right. Right? So it's a belief that you're worth that. But I think I started to trust that I was actually creating this amount of value for people. And now I trust for sure. I still probably think I undercharge, but I trust for sure that I can create the the value that I'm charging, if not more. You know? So I think it's that kind of confidence that comes from, like, I know every session you're going to think, wow, that was worth it, right? Instead of, oh, so much, you know? But now what I've done, so... I started to have so many clients and it was like I would do four sessions at a time and it was kind of confusing like you know what was I talking about with this person I had so many people probably like 30 clients at a time like ongoing you know so I decided to make this to write down the curriculum first of all so it's a it's like a 300 page book put it into three stages and I actually now only take 10 clients at a time Mm -hmm. because I want to go super deep with these 10 clients instead of going kind of surface level with 30
0: so it's all one-on-one or do you also do a whole group stuff with all 10
2: it's all one-on-one they have a facebook group they can talk to each other but i so the the three-month course i i go for an hour walk with them once a week for 12 weeks and then they have homework from the book every day and customized homework to do every week and there's a journal they write in every day and there's recorded meditations So this is actually, I'm just finishing up my first round of it. And now I'm starting a new section in in January and it's actually almost full already. So it's exciting. How did you make this book? Uh, The book, that's another, that's another downstream thing. So I was, uh, so you, I saw in in the questions you were asking, what's the weird thing that I do? Yeah. I would say, I almost want to show you too. I love loose leaf. Okay. So like every morning I get up and I listen to like something inspiring, you know, Michael Beckwith, Abraham Hicks, Tony Robbins, Joe mm-hmm. Dispenza, all of some something like that. And then I write, but I have to write on loose leaf because I think it's because I'm left-handed and I don't like the rings. But I have like I probably write like 10 pieces of loose leaf a morning. So you can imagine in like three years, I have like thousands of pieces of loose leaf, right? So right. I would write down all these ideas on loose leaf. And then I found this, uh, I was in this little town. I'm from Nova Scotia in Canada. Now I live in New York, but I was in Nova Scotia and I, I found this copy. Well, she's not a copywriter. She wrote an article about me in this paper. And I was like, I really like the way she wrote. Hmm. So I said, Hey, you want to be a copywriter? And she's like, all right. So (laughs) it's hilarious because I would come to her with all my loose leaf pieces of paper and she would ask me questions and record it. Right? So for me, I'm quite audio, right? I can explain things well. That sounds
0: way less intimidating for you. You just get to answer questions and she figures out how to package them
2: not even she just yeah i mean i would write it down on loose leaf so like the bare bones would be on loose leaf, right this section this section this section and i would kind of highlight the the key components but like yeah it was super inspired time for me and i'm writing out the key components and then she's asking me about it and i'm telling her and then mm-hmm. she records it and then she writes it right so anytime that i don't sound super fancy or professional she changes a couple words here or there but like a lot of it is like straight from my mouth you know so it's kind of cool because I I was able to like create this clear evolution right so like I said it's three stages the program Mm -hmm. so each stage you need to be totally like understanding the components of each stage before you can move on to the next one Mm -hmm. and a lot of times in the coaching I was really just focusing on stage one. So now the coaching program is super fun, because I really get to take people into stages that I wasn't necessarily before.
0: And stage two is about um, focus and stage three is dialogue.
2: No, so all of stage one is about energy management. So that's BFD, right? right, learning to be a 10. So the way I would call that stage one is like creating fertile soil,
3: Okay.
2: energy in the system, right, learning how to get out of victimhood and to create your life, to realize that nothing is happening to me. It's all happening for me. That's stage one. Mm -hmm. It's all happening for me and I can change my energetic channel anytime I want, right? That's stage one. So stage two is now that I realize that nothing's happening to me, what is it that I do want? You know. So now I realize that I can create anything I want. What is it that I do want? And how do I get it? Right. So, stage two, I would call it like planting the seed. Okay. Right? So, stage stage one, you've created the soil. Stage two, now you're like, okay, I realize I'm a powerful creator. What do I want? Where am I going? And how do I get it? That's planting the seed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then stage three, which is kind of a newer stage for me, is it's the idea of you know a good gardener creates the soil, plants the seed, and then trusts that the, the flower or the plant is going to flourish. Right. Right? So stage three is about, you know, a little bit of shade and a little bit of water, but leaving it alone, the let go kind of. Right. So I don't need to push everything forward. I just need to allow myself to be pulled into it. So -hmm. when I know that I've done the right work, then I know that the right things are coming to me. Right. So it's that that's that idea of how do I trust, you know, that everything is for me nothing is against me. Right. Everything is coming to me in the most downstream way possible. Because what I found, Tanner, is what was happening is people were stuck in stage two, right? So they were planting their seed and then they're like, where's my fruit? Right. (laughs) I planted this. Do you want some help? Maybe I can move some of the soil and try to get this thing out and, you know, like really forceful, right? So it was like, how do we move from that place to just trusting I've done the right work and now what matches me will find me? Right. But then the, the other thing I think that happens is people skip stage two completely. Right. So they they don't create a vision for their life at all. And they sit in stage three being like, you know, I'm gonna go with the flow. Like, right. go with the flow. You didn't say what you want it. You know, <laughs> you don't know what plants are gonna come up because you didn't plant them. You right. know, so you can't go with the flow. That's so passive, right? So that's why, really, like I have to manage my energy. And I can't create my goals if I'm not at a 10, right? That's going to be overwhelming. So energy management first, then the vision, and then the trust, right? And you can't skip stages.
0: And then do people graduate from you then? Or do they need to come back because they go right back to needing stage one? Well,
2: I think hopefully by the end of the program, and I'm just coming to the end of my first full program, is that they have the tools and the routines in place that, they don't need me as much, you know, but the idea is that I have created a graduate program as well so that they'll have, you know, a couple kind of sessions on hand. And when they really need me, they can call me. Right. So it's, you know, if you're preparing for some major presentation or you're, you know, having a moment of crisis or you want to just continue your routines and have someone to keep you accountable, then they'd have Mm. a call with me, but they're going to be largely more on their own, but it's been so fascinating. Like we're in our last couple of weeks of this program and the changes I've seen in people are, are unreal.
0: Yeah. I wanted to ask about that. Can you like be more tangible with like what, what those changes look like? Where did someone start and where are they now?
2: Well, I think, and that's what you said, like, you know, do I advertise or, you know, how do I get my business? But I feel like what I would say is like people who have known these people forever, like, what are you doing? You know, you seem so different. Right. So that's that'd be the first thing is I think just their outlook changes and their, their mood and their like overall like enjoyment of life changes. Right. And people see that right away. Right. You know? So that would be the number one thing, but people, I get messages all the time that things are starting to happen, that these things that people wanted are starting to happen. But for me, I know it's not because of the force. It's because they have started to embrace the feeling,
3: Mm-hmm.
2: right. They've changed the way they, they have felt. And now, they're either losing a ton of weight or they've met the love of their life or they got a new job or they got their dream car. Like I get messages like this all the time, you know, even from old clients I worked with back in the day when I was walking eight hours, I get messages still from them that are like, do you remember when we talked about this ideal situation? It is here now, you know, but I didn't need it to be here. I was already feeling good, you know? So it's just like, I love that. Yeah. You see, here's some more loosely. Yeah, I see that.
0: You must have good handwriting then if somebody can actually read that and create copy for you.
2: I send people pictures of, of Loose leaf all the time. My graphic designer, everything is, is on Loose
0: <laughs> What would it take to get the, get your book from you? Like, do I need to, is that per, available for purchase or something? I
2: feel like at the moment it's not totally a standalone book, you know, so Every basically, it's the book is broken down into t- twelve sessions. So every time that we we would do a coaching session, there would be reading that you would do. Right, you know? and I I feel like it needs a little bit more evolution. I don't know if you would totally understand it without going through the actual program. Right, I get it. You know, cool. so it's more to support the coaching, not necessarily like a standalone book quite yet.
0: How do you anticipate this evolving in the next five to ten years? That's Is a that a question. healthy thought to have?
2: Yes. I think about that. I'm very clear on all this, this stuff. I think there's a couple of ways. So um, I see it. Uh, I would do probably about four four kind of cohorts every year of, of 10 clients. But then a couple of my clients from the first session, they expressed the idea that they want to do some coaching themselves. So I think that I'm eventually going to create a teacher training program to certify other people in this stuff
0: are you certified in anything like this
2: i'm creating my own right that's the major thing i would say about coaching is like the biggest thing i would say is you have to have a set of principles that you fall back on you know because i think there's a lot of coaching that just seems like random you know Mm -hmm. so there has to be some sort of foundation that you always go back to right? So this is a clear foundation, you know, my methods, it's a clear foundation that people can fall back on, you know, so the, the teacher training would look like they go through the coaching program themselves, then we do a retreat, then they do some supervised coaching and mentorship, and then they're certified, right? And maybe I, I do a lot of corporate speaking as well. So maybe also certifying some of those in the speaking that I do. So I can, because for me, really, the, the overall goal is to reach more people you know, to inspire more people with this message. It's not necessarily about, it has to be me, you know? So looking at how I can expand this on a on a greater scale, right? And the, the other thing I would say is is also scaling this, right? So trying to get the, the key principles into some sort of digital format and then some sort of daily follow-up that people can follow as well. So some sort of way to scale it just to make it more accessible for more people. Right, I get that. Yeah, and maybe a book someday. Maybe turning the workbook into an actual book. You know, just things like that.
0: People of Purpose is launching its very first ever course, Path to Purpose. Path to Purpose is a new course I'm launching, born from the powerful People of Purpose podcast. It draws on a lot of the concepts and messages of the podcast but it is the very first course and one-on-one coaching program built by me, your podcast host Tanner Badgley. I've built this course to create strategies, practices, and actions that allow you to trailblaze yourself down your most authentic path of purpose. It's called Path to Purpose. Over our three months together, each member of the program will learn everything they need to successfully carve out their own path to purpose. Our purpose-seeking students will learn about nine different areas of their lives that they can better understand, practice, and master to open up their path to purpose. This individualized course will conclude with a self-designed three-week final project that propels you down your own, very own, dreamline path to purpose. I, Tanner Badji, will be with you all the way, hosting weekly one-on-one phone conferences, facilitating all course content, and being available for any question you may have along the way. Everyone taking the course will be walking their own journey, but you won't feel alone in the process. You'll have a team to support your growth. It took a 50 foot fall down the mountain at Yosemite National Park to reach rock bottom and another concussion, breakup, and death in the family and purposeless job to find myself back there. I know the pains of living a life without direction, without guidance, vision, or support. I know how hard it is to decipher what works and what is just gimmicky marketing set up for someone else's success and your pain. I believe the world needs more purposeful people more than ever. It is waiting and ready for you to come alive. That's why I've designed a holistic course that will move you from pain into passion and purpose. This course incorporates my learnings from hosting 40-plus podcast interviews with some of the most purposeful people you'll meet, insights from my 10-day silent meditation course in Thailand, takeaways from my month-long yoga teacher training in India, and the multi-year ongoing rehab from life-changing brain injuries. This course is a product of my intense mission to find purpose as I move to Thailand all by myself to teach English, and blog about the learnings of my life. Now that I am living from a place of my truest identity and purpose, it's time to teach and guide others into theirs. Today, I have so many powerful habits, routines, and mindsets that I draw from every day, and it's time to use them to create a more joyful, loving, kind, happy, peaceful, and purposeful world. Welcome to our first ever course of Path to Purpose. If you or a loved one is interested in joining our next cohort, send me a direct message at People of Purpose or an email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com. Spots are limited and it's first come first serve. When I was stuck in a dark room for a month on work leave from suffering my fourth concussion in the middle of a cold Minnesota winter and the denial of a breakup that was never coming back, I didn't know for sure if I'd ever get back my joy, meaning and satisfaction with life. It took intentional work, undying belief in the right people and opportunities to come into my life. I was able to get my best self back And you can too. I believe we each have a responsibility to find our purpose. The world needs you to come alive for the sake of each other and for the sake of our planet. I know that together through purpose we can wake up that core part of us that remains dormant, untapped, unutilized, and underappreciated. Path to purpose will water this little seed at the seat of your soul and over time it will grow and blossom into a forest of purpose. Make sure you give yourself the best gift you could ever give or receive. Sign up for our next Path to Purpose course and give yourself a sense of meaning and purpose for the rest of your life. Here's to becoming people of purpose. So we haven't talked about the the speaking part. Like, how have you refined that talent? Do you use storytelling? Do you have like, um, I don't know, like, audiences you seek out or how do you what kind of tips and tricks do you have for for getting on a stage and then when you're there like capturing the audience
2: well I would say definitely talk about something that you're passionate about and it's much easier right right so I don't I don't have to work on my performance so much because I get so excited by the stuff I'm saying (laughs) that it's just going to naturally be there you know but um what else would I say Again, I would say show up every time you are on the stage, make such an appearance that people go and talk about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, because I would say that's again, what's got a lot of my business, right? My husband's company saw you and they said, oh my God, and we need to get you in. And you know, so that like, again, it's the same with it. Sometimes I think about hiring a salesperson or business development, but I really think that I need to do it myself, you know? And it's just naturally growing in a nice way from referrals. Who's on
0: your team right now? You have this copywriter and you? Yeah,
2: I have a copywriter, but it's just like contract. And then I have a a graphic designer and I have a bookkeeper and that's it. I used to have like a a more full-time assistant, you know, but I just feel like there's a lot of things I can do myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Someday, I, I just love to be on a team. So someday I would love to have a team just so that when I'm speaking, a big room I've got like my peeps in the back you know and I feel super supported right but it would be just to have more fun
0: (laughs) right what what uh what aspect of all of this lifestyle do you think really um allows you to feel in a tense state around your purpose
2: around my well I would say that I mean I I think I'm working even like managing my own energy is me working Right. So I would say in terms of fulfilling my purpose, I know that I have to be living my values, right. In terms of being inspiring, I have to be inspired. So like, it's the, the work that I put on, like that I put in outside of the calls outside of the speaking, you know, that is managing my own energy. Cause I know I got to show up on the highest channel because I'm practicing what I preach Right. right? So in terms of like, what allows me to show up in my purpose is what manages my own energy. So practicing exactly what I tell other people, right? So my morning routines, my day, day routines are like, some people might look at it as a little bit rigid, not rigid, but like there's things I, that I know that make me feel good, you know? So I get up and I write and I drink coffee and I meditate. I go to the gym, I eat well, you know, all this stuff I know,
0: and then you're meeting clients when you've already primed yourself for a few yeah, hours. Yeah, so
2: that's my morning right away. I meditate first thing. I get up in the morning, meditation is first. Then I make coffee. I write on my loose leaf while I listen to my stuff. And then I go to the gym. And then I take my first client.
1: Yeah,
0: sounds like a great lifestyle.
2: And I find that the first client in the morning, they know that's my like that's my hot time. You know, like I am so fired up by that time in the morning that it's just like my job is easy. Right. So that's the thing too, that my, my purpose becomes a lot easier when I'm living exactly what I'm preaching. But purpose, I, I love this idea of purpose. It's been like, I never thought about it too much, but I, I remember the awareness of like, Oh, aha. You know, I said that moment where I look up and I say more of that Right. right. those are the moments where i I never looked for it but i knew when i found it you know oh here it is right now
0: has like has experiencing your purpose been become more um conscious for you or like uh, yeah i would
2: say that and i feel like i'm very clear on my mission now is to inspire and uplift others you know to help relieve some of the suffering we create in our own brains right right but that and wasn't I, like
0: clear from the beginning that wasn't what you led i, with.
2: I was but maybe wasn't in words you know? okay it wasn't in so many words so now like i can think about well how can i do that on a daily basis when not not even when i'm with my clients right so that's like that idea of like well when i walk into the grocery store i want to be smiling at people i want to be inspiring people with my my mood and my my attitude you know i'm in new york city now i just moved here like two weeks two two months ago
3: huh
2: and i feel like It's a real video game. I feel like I'm in the next level of the video game, you know, because there's a a lot of stuff happening here and people get distracted and, you know, and it's just like everyone's rushing around and there's a real like, ooh, like lack and fear and you can feel it, right? So I want to be the one person that walks out this door at like a 15, you know, who feels safe, who feels like they're enough, who feels like they have what they need, you know, who feels like all their needs are met. Like I want to walk around with that.
0: Why did you decide to live in New York if it doesn't really, it's not like a community of dimes?
2: Well, I like, feel like when you're a dime, it is the most exciting city in the world, right? Because there's so much energy, good and bad, right? So when I'm on that high channel, it is like exciting. I'm like skipping down the street. Right. You know, and I think too, the things that I have access accessible to me here in New York, like I can go see one of those those favorite speakers that I would listen to in the morning. I can go see them speak here. Right. You know, so it's just like I'm I'm able to access so much different stuff here or the classes or the, you know, the gyms that I can go to, everything like that, right? So it's just a very energetic place.
0: Right. And like you had a client base here to be able to move to New York?
2: I or know you... most of my clients right now are on the phone. Huh. Yeah. But just to live life in this energy, you know?
0: So that's what it was about was to put yourself in a position where you had more responsibility to be at this ten.
2: Yeah, and I, exactly. And I I remember someone said you should go while you have the energy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like go while you're excited about all of this stuff, right? Like, because there's just I mean. Yeah. I feel like in the other places I lived, it was more quiet. It was more kind of calmer and I did a lot of creating and now I'm ready to share. I'm ready to like blast it out. Right. So it's it's exciting. You never know who you're going to meet in this city and every day, you know, it's exciting. How important
0: is sleep to you?
2: That's a good question. I think people stress a lot about it. You know, like even those like watches that tell you how long you slept or what the quality of your sleep is. You know, I think sometimes those cause more stress right like yeah if you know that you only got 40 percent deep sleep well what are you going to do about it you know or do you you know say you got to get up early for the airport do you need to look and see oh my god i only slept three hours like not really helpful thanks (laughs) you know so so what i find with sleep and this is how i would change i do a lot of this too like people who want to change behaviors in their life right it's not about the sleep it's about the energy you know so if i've been trying to make a giant change in my life and it hasn't been working right so i'll take i'll take physical fitness for example you know a lot of people they want to change their bodies or they want to exercise more eat better right and usually the channel they're on about it is like a two or three so they have no energetic capacity to follow through with anything that they have planned right right? And sleep is the same, right? So you're on a low energy channel, you're already feeling anxious, overwhelmed, whatever, right? So you, you don't have energetic capacity to follow through with your best made plans,
3: mm-hmm. right?
2: So instead of trying to like grill in these different kind of things to get more sleep and change your eating, I want to say no, I'm going to get you to an 8, 9, 10 on a regular basis, you're going to want to sleep more, you're going to want to eat well, you're going to want to move your body, Right. And it's not going to be because you feel like you have to or you you can't eat that. and You have to exercise. You're going to want to exercise because you're already on a good channel. Right. Right. So I would say when you're on a high, high channel, you probably need less sleep, but you're also going to love it more. You know, so I I would say there's people you think about. I think about this all the time. Sleep is a story. You know, there's people that have not slept a lot for a, a couple of days, you know and they've had great days and high energy. You know, there's people that wake up after 10 hours of sleep every day, and they still feel crappy. Well, it's not necessarily your sleep. Right. That makes sense. Right. But I think you have to do what makes you feel good. So for me, I know I I like to get at least eight hours. But I'm not too worked up if I don't. And if I get more, that's great, too. You know, so I'm, I'm easy about it. But What's more important to me than sleep or exercise or nutrition is energy. And then all the rest is going to take care of itself.
0: And what about like spirituality? Does that play a role? Is that any part of your purpose? Like you feel connected to some greater whole?
2: Oh, for sure. And that's like pretty much, I start to get into that stuff in stage two, right? So I believe that we are source energy, that we are the divine expressed in physical form. You know, so when we can align with how our source feels about us, that's being a 10 as well. The part of being a 10 is being aligned with your inner being.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So I'm, and and even think about stage three is all about that. How do I trust that, you know, life is on my side, whatever you want to call it, life, God, divine.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like people are at a block on that part or most people are open to that sort of explanation?
2: I think it's a slow process. So I'm not going to say that day one, (laughs) you know, but I am going to work it in for sure. Cause that's a a big time part of my belief, you know, right? that I think I'm like 1% physical and 99% source energy.
0: But you focus so much on the physical part, but that's a way of accessing the source energy.
2: Exactly.
3: Exactly.
0: Yeah. What's your mindset when you're leading yourself through a workout or leading others to work out like, are you like, I'm getting closer to source energy. you getting closer to source energy. I'm on that 10 channel or well, it, I would,
2: I'm getting so stronger. What like, is it? In terms of BFD, I would say, you know, so body is going to be like my posture, my smiling, my breathing, you know, all that. So I'm going to make sure that my posture is good, that I'm smiling. You know, all that trains your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Right. When I smile, my nervous system is like, oh, the future is safe. Something good is coming, you know? So I'm going to do that stuff while I exercise because you can imagine too, when some people do a regular workout, when they rest, they're going to hunch over, you know, when they sprint on the treadmill, they're going to scrunch up their face, you know, like what we're training our nervous system when we're exercising, it's not the right messaging for me, you know, so I want to use these kind of body principles during the workout to change the way that I feel. And then I'm going to have awareness of what am I focused on during this workout? So during a workout, I could focus on my list of things to do, the problems and what could go wrong, or I could focus on the ideal situation and the ways I want to feel, Mm -hmm. right? So if I felt powerful, if all my needs were met, how would I feel right now? How would I run right now? What's the personality of the person I want to be and how do I embody that during my workout? You know, that's the stuff I'm going to, and then dialogue is so huge. So how am I going to speak to myself during this workout, right? Because a lot of times you can imagine what the dialogue is like at the gym not great I always feel like I can <laughs> yeah. I can like feel the dialogue coming off people like oh I'm not gonna go over there <laughs> like you know and I want my dialogue to be like 100 praise you know I want to be like good job Jill you're doing great you're getting stronger this is so fun like I'm I'm feeling the energy in my body right there's something I think too during workouts like I don't want to necessarily push myself you know I want to let the energy build and then allow myself to be pulled into this this exciting workout instead you know there's a difference between like forcefully pushing yourself and then allowing the energy to build right so i'm gonna allow the energy that the momentum to build and then get really into my workout
0: yeah you seem to have more of like a yogic philosophy to your workouts
2: for sure but i do some hard stuff for sure but that's what i mean that's even more fun like can i do this hard workout and still keep this like zen mindset right right
0: do you listen to something? Like you're listening to speaking, like like no, I listen to
2: music. So music. Yeah, music, like high energy music.
0: High energy music.
2: Yeah.
0: Cool. And then you're able to eliminate your own anxieties as you do this, or like do you find like this you reach a meditative state where you kind of process through things that kind of have been blocking you? Like do you get more mental clarity from this?
2: Yes. And I would say that I get like um I feel like I like bounce out of the gym. Like, I feel like, ah, life is so amazing. Everything's okay. Like look at the energy that I'm able to create in my own body, that everything's going to work out, you know? Cause I think that's the thing too, is that we want certainty in life. Like we want to know that everything's going to work out perfectly, that everyone's going to respond how we want to respond. And like, that's never going to happen, you know, but I can have certainty in myself. Right. So I know that when I'm on a high channel, I know that I'm going to respond to things in, in the right way. Way. You know, I know that I can handle whatever comes to me. Right. So that's that feeling I can get at the gym of like, wow, you know, I'm a powerful person who can, you know, there's an adult present in my body who can handle whatever comes. So I don't need to organize every little piece of the world.
0: (laughs) How do you respond when you feel lazy? Do you let yourself feel that way or do you try to forcefully put yourself into a higher energy state?
2: I would say that's not a feeling I feel on a regular basis.
0: I feel like anyone who well, knows like your me, clients, you know? I, I imagine like you have one or two clients that like defaults into like, but I would
2: of, say uh, it's ritual, you know, there's a ritual behind it. Right. So I'm not going to allow myself to usually lazy is low energy channel. Yeah. So, so I would say it doesn't have to be major either. Right. So if I'm feeling lazy, I mean, I don't feel it often, but I might just decide to walk around the block. Right. And I might say I'm going to go for a walk for five minutes. But as soon as I get outside, guess what?
0: You're like back to being excited.
2: I'm going to put on a big song. I'm going to swing my arms really big. And all of a sudden I'm a 10, you know, so I'm going to want to walk for an hour. or I'm going to get on the phone with someone who's really fun or, you know, so I, I feel like for me, there's so many tools I have. If I was to feel lazy, there would be like a a giant list of tools to go through to to shift that. Do
0: you feel like you've, you've played like you really designed or created the life that you want right now? You're like an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, in a lot of
2: ways. My schedule is awesome. I live in, I remember, you know, I do all this kind of visioning and and thinking of my images. And I I remember the, I'm actually living in the building that I imagined myself living in. You know, like I used to picture myself on my sheepskin rug in this exact building in New York City and how I would feel. And every morning I meditate on my sheepskin rug in this very apartment you know so in a lot of ways yeah but I I would say too that like there's so much to talk about here but you know I'm living on a curve that's like this you know so as soon as I get something I want there's something else that I'm going after but it's not that I need to struggle on my way to it it's I look at as more as an exciting thing you know
3: Mm -hmm.
2: now this is where I'm after now this is where I'm after but really it's the feelings right so every the feelings keep getting more and more exciting on my way to these places that I want to go
0: so I got introduced to you because of two people that attended this reality thing in Israel with you can you like um briefly go over like what your experience was like there and like is that something you're looking to model your retreats one day after or
2: I don't know I mean reality reality was a, a ridiculous amazing experience so it was um they brought 50 leaders in sports together from North America, actually all over the world. So I, you had to be referred by someone who went the year before. So I got referred by a friend and she's like, yeah, this thing, she didn't really explain it much. So I applied, I trust her. I applied and, and then I found out I got accepted. And even when I got accepted, I was busy. I wasn't, I didn't really look into it so much. So I was like going to Israel and I remember my mom was like, Where are you gonna be? What's your itinerary? And I was like, I don't know. My friend went on it. She said it was great. I'm just going. You know. So so it was so cool. The perspective that I had about it was so like I remember thinking too, I didn't know what it was gonna look like. I didn't know where we were going, but I knew how it was gonna feel. Like I inwardly knew how this trip was gonna feel. Like I knew I was gonna be surrounded by these friggin' dimers in this beautiful country, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And also it was like, it was really cool. Once we got there too, it was like, everything was luxury. So all we had to do was get, the only rules were don't be late and wear your name tag, you know? So I just had to get on this bus and go to the next amazing location, you know? So literally like all of my needs were met and I was joking by the end of the week. I said, our, our hashtag should be expect refreshments, you know, because everywhere we'd arrive, you'd be like, I'm just a touch hungry. Is there, Where's the fresh fruit oh there it is you know (laughs) it was just like all of your needs were met so like the only thing you had to do was sit next to these people and figure out why are we on the same trip you know what do we have to learn from each other how can we support each other you know and the coolest thing was at the end of the trip it was basically like never do you have a problem again jill we have a problem you know you have this community of 50 like very influential powerful people who are ready to like bend over backwards for you and you're ready to do the same for them. You know? So I feel like what I learned from that trip was this level of connection that I have never experienced, you know? And I I really hope that everyone gets to be a part of a community that allows them to feel like that. Yeah. You know, so about half of them live in New York city. So I, I always planned to move to New York city, but as soon as that happened, as soon as I had this community, I was like, Oh, I'm going. And actually one of them is my roommate now. So.
0: Whoa, that's, yeah, that's really life-changing. Yeah,
2: it was, yeah, big time, huh. big time.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a wonderful idea to create community around people who are already leading communities for really positive. I think that's a part of the vision for my podcast is I seem to um, choose guests that are leading like a community towards positive changes in themselves right. for like a greater purpose. And like, I would like to create physical communities around that to help people because i think that there's something to be said for like that collective energy or collective power like it it's greater than the sum of its parts um yeah i would like to get to that stage
2: yeah that sounds awesome you froze for a second there but you're back
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't know. i don't have any more questions at the moment i think that like what you're doing like is really um i think on a small level a lot of people could do something like this if they have figured out some secret to living life at a better level um going like yeah all in on it the way you have is really remarkable um
2: yeah and that I, that would too, I, yeah, I would
0: say
2: too my, my suggestions would be write down what it is write down your formula like, just get clear on what it is specifically and then live it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, people will say, What are you doing? You know, let them come to you. Yeah. I remember, too, in the beginning, actually, before I moved to Costa Rica, I had a website. I wanted to do team building and goal setting and companies, right? And I made a website and I was like, Okay, now I'm a consultant, you know, but I had no clients. And like, I just thought, I have this website. So now I'm a, Now I'm a coach, you know, so I feel like it's like, just instead of thinking about, I I do have clients too, that want to start these coaching businesses. And I would say, instead of trying to create your business, just start doing it, Mm -hmm. you know, like just start helping the people that are around you, just figure out, like, find a couple like trial clients, right? Because a lot of the coaching for me came from working with people and applying my stuff to their situations.
0: Right you
2: know, so instead of sitting back and making a website and trying to get everything sorted, just start you know
0: I like might be, be explicit about it say like this is a client relationship, and we're gonna be meeting to go over these type of things
2: or to even say, I want to do a couple you know trial clients, do you want to be one? I think I could help you
0: mhm, yeah, yeah, I I find that I just, when people ask about who I am or what I'm doing and stuff, I I share. And then they're like, whoa, that's so interesting. How did you decide to do that? Like, I want to live a life more free like that. I want to be more free of fear. I want to feel more centered and grounded as I go through my day. Um, And I think- What do you think
2: your, your key principles are?
0: Um... I think there's, like, a deep desire to, like, learn and grow into something that I feel I've been, like, gifted,
3: um, mm.
0: which is about connecting with people and finding little things that you can be grateful for. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I had this experience when I was 19 where I almost died, like, on this mountain in Yosemite National Park. And as I was, like, laying there all night and the search and rescue was with me, and, like, I got helicoptered out in the morning. I was noticing all these little ways in which i was blessed and had another chance Uh and like what is it that i want to help people do and i want to help people come to like a greater sense of like their own self-realization so that they can um be a part of this like altruistic um kind of state of being where you feel like you really just want to give generously to others without expecting in return and yeah i guess i kind of want to get to that stage but then like, I love it. yeah, I think I'm struggling with ideas about, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I always have this like idea for some reason, like I'm too young to start this. I'm only 27. And that's a do...
2: good story. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. That
2: sounds like a dialogue right there.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, but I yeah. think,
2: too, I think your beliefs will create it, right? So if you believe that, then someone will tell you that, too, you know? But not because of them, because of what you're believing. Right. You know? And I, that's what I mean. Like, just start with a couple of trial clients. Your beliefs about it will change. Right. I think so,
0: I I recently did this 10-day um, meditation called Vipassana meditation while I was in Thailand. High-
2: I want to go. <laughs>
0: It was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, you didn't talk to anyone for ten days. You did meditation for ten, twelve hours a day, and I was the youngest person there, and there was like fifty other people there. And the last half of the the last half of the last day, they opened it up to talking to people, um, and people are like, "I just like am so jealous that you've gotten to be like experience this. Like as a twenty six year old, like I'm fifty six and I can't, I can't start again." you have such an ability to like really carve out your own path right now. Like you should really share this with people
2: because the way you've been able to get here um, is. Or even people your age. Right. Other people your age, you know, who would totally listen to you saying this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I'm big on meditation. I think that's like a big part of where it starts is like getting your mind right to where you have kind of, Control, in a way, you feel like you have a sense of um, wellness within that you can give outwardly because you have, um, you've created like, habits and discipline and um, intentions that are like, well refined and like, become your principles. Right. Um, And so when you live like a principled life, you have that balance, like stable structure to start from. And then like whatever comes at you isn't going to like phase you so much
2: right because you're already i feel like that meditation reminds me that i'm a human being no i'm a spiritual being having a human experience
0: yeah oprah says that all the
2: time yeah so i'm not going to be like drawn in by all these physical conditions if i meditated i'm you know first i'm centered on the inward life instead of the outward life you know right
0: yeah so I would like to get there. Right now it feels just kind of like an abstract intellectual idea to get there. But like, I like what you're saying. Like, it's just in a every moment, like you can find a person yeah. to affect in a positive way. And then you can learn something from that. And then you start to create your own unique philosophy. Um, and that's like, I guess what I need to start heading next is write it down in a way that makes right.
2: sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll come, it'll come, you know, just, and then have a future vision. And then allow your future self to drive you forward.
0: Hmm. I like that. Yeah, my future vision is to be leading retreats around the world where I hire like teams of speakers and coaches and teachers. Like you would be a great person to have there as a, a teacher. I mean, like in the physical aspect, maybe. Right. Um, and then we like eat healthful food, and we like maybe do part of like a volunteer service project, like. I asked that about reality, and it sounded like that was missing, like from your program. Like, why didn't you guys help develop like a local sports team or something? Like, I would like to do. Something. I think
2: we had so much else happening, you know. We, I mean, it was so much. But I think the idea is that now we're supposed to take this back, and you know, the whole point was to help repair the world. So I think that's been on my mind since I, I left. That is like, how am I contributing to this, right? How can I help? And I think even supporting my other fifty people. Is going to help that, you know? Right. But I think service is a big key of all of it. You know,
0: I agree. I think like service is like where you really um, bring it into like an experience. I think that the true understanding comes from actually experiencing it. And if you're going to say you're a generous person, if you're going to say that you um, serve without expecting in return that you, um, have like a huge heart for humanity, like you have to go and actually do it. And I think right. service is a way of doing it.
2: Um, yeah, okay. and I would say for me service too is like just even remembering it's not about me. Right. You know, like I want to be, be a dime so that I can impact other people. You know, yeah. like I want to be a dime so I can shine more energy through myself to impact other people. Not so I can get what I want. Right. You know, but to uplift other people.
0: I think a lot of my purpose revolves around um, interacting with like different people that come from a very different background and perspective than me because um, it makes life more interesting. But then also you um, you re-see things um, and you kind of cut away a certain assumptions you had as like how things should be or ought to be. And you accept kind of the reality of how things are um, and then you can work from there. Um, and Mm -hmm. it does a lot of work on yourself I think when you start with that so like teaching English in the village in Thailand was really transformational for me and like now I'm working in a charter school teaching like low-income African-American Latino students of like fourth generation of poverty and like those sort of environments I think really stretch me um, and like ground Mm -hmm. me in my foundation but then also um, teach me so much about you know how other people live and how i should have more you know perspective like on myself and yeah. others um which is i think what more white males should be going through um <laughs> yeah so yeah i'm like really good- laser, started with this
2: yeah
0: i'd like to keep going with it and i like i love diversity so i'd like this to be like an international thing it would be great mm
2: i'm ready
0: let's create a retreat yeah let's do it cool i'm glad you're on board well <laughs> yeah. tomorrow i'll get it started I... okay great great
2: <laughs> perfect yeah.
0: yeah well thank you for teaching me a lot and helping to refine some of my vision and yeah sorry you caught me at a time where it's like three months into the school year and like as a teacher right now and a grad school student i like haven't been able to like really focus and harness this sort of creative energy and like sustain it in like a you know weeks and weeks and weeks of a flow state around this because i have to shelf it every now and then for all my like needs around teaching um, right i'm really excited for the break to come because i think i'm going to really put a lot of this work into into paper and
2: when i have a time then i'll do this Then i'll feel this so start now
0: okay i am starting now yeah. yesterday i wrote I- up um a thing to like help um develop mindfulness for students with ADHD I want to start private tutoring I like oh, wrote, wow. okay I have out. a story
2: for you this is a story that will, applies to this when you say this I think about it so all these energy management things I call them sharpening the saw uh-huh. you know so Abraham Lincoln says if he has four hours to cut down a tree he'd spend three hours sharpening his saw you know so I get this a lot people are like I'm so busy I'm so busy I can't do coaching now I'm so busy I'm like You you gotta you know you're like sitting at a five on a regular basis going to do all your work. Of course, it's difficult. Right. You know, figure out what you need to manage your energy to sharpen your saw to get to a ten, and then do the work. You know, it'll be easier. It'll be more fun. You'll be so much more efficient and effective. You know, so that idea that you should never be working with a dull saw and be like, well, I'm just going to continue to work with this dull saw until break, (laughs) and then I'll sharpen it again. Right like sharpen it now what could you do right now that was it go for a walk and swing your arms and think about things that you appreciate you know boom yeah. five minutes you're ready
0: i just got a side job as a dog walker here with wag
2: <laughs> <I'm excited laughs> that's about sure. it. yeah that's perfect that's amazing oh
0: no, yeah you're right i really love you i can tell you're a life coach you're very um you create the urgency around it
2: and okay I'm walk. I gotta get off the computer.
0: I gotta go for a walk. No, I'm kidding. I also I bicycle everywhere here and that's been really fun for me. Like that's my mode of transportation. So I'm about to go to church and I'm gonna have a 20 minute bike ride and it's sunny out. Although like the air quality is horrible right now because of the wildfires So
3: oh right.
0: Like they recommend you to stay inside, I think, which is a big thing. Like the last three days I've predominantly stayed inside because of like the health concerns outside.
2: Wow. Hopefully that stops soon. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess, um, yeah. So. Far. Well I'll just
2: talk to you anytime, Tara, It's fun. You call me anytime, okay?
0: Okay, I will do that. I will take you up on that. <laughs> Thank you for that. And yeah, I'm excited to like share this this conversation with other people. I think that there's a lot of things you stated that would resonate um, with any person from kind of any walk of life yeah
2: I do have a, a little workbook if any of your listeners are like super interested in this stuff if they send me an email at jill at jillpain.ca, then I will send them this little I have like a little writing package you know if they want to start on some more stuff or if anyone's interested in the coaching program in January they can also send me an email
0: okay cool you're an inspiration. Thank you so much. You're an
2: inspiration. Keep being a dime. High five.
0: Boom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you have it. What are you doing today? You got a big dime sort of uh, Sunday ahead of you?
2: I, I, in New York, I love to check out different churches. So I go on a church crawl.
0: I so go nice. to church twice a Sunday right now. I'm really enjoying that. I feel like it's a very purposeful sure. space.
2: Same. So, I, I like to check out different services and different, you know, see if the message resonates or if there's little bits of it that does, you know, because I don't consider myself like super Christian, but super like I love God, you know, so I love to see where the message resonates most, you know. But in New York City, some of the, I feel like some of the best speakers, some of the best presenters, some of the best music, you know, so Sunday's my favorite day, really.
0: Right. I've been going to a I church called Hillsong church. and they're really big. In I New York? go there. Really? i think it's full of like yeah young dimes it's like really fun
2: i call it a rock and roll church because it feels like you're at like like last week they had a special one and it was like oh like like it was ridiculous the production i thought that i was at like a beyonce concert exactly yeah (laughs) there was like a strings orchestra and a choir and i was like are you kidding me so.
0: yeah that's one thing that's been happening too is people have been pushing me to get involved with the creative team for hillsong like I oh would, hey. yeah like being able to be part of that design process i think would be super fun
2: get is people, that your church in san francisco hillsong yeah oh fun yeah i love yeah. the music sometimes i listen to that music when i work out
0: <laughs> me too <laughs> uh, That's
3: funny.
2: hilarious that is funny well Someday we'll have to go to Hillsong together.
0: Yeah, good to have you in my life.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Friends, friends. friends.
0: Well, I'll let you go and I got to go to church and listeners probably are tired of listening to us ramble (laughs)
2: on. We'll continue continue after church.
0: Okay, sounds good.
2: Okay, have fun.
0: Thank you, Joe.
2: Okay, bye. Bye.
0: So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might have enjoyed this episode or the podcast, bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, Follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, Join our intentional group, Purpose Seekers, from the Facebook page. Join your longer-form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sales and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose cheers and here's to becoming